Welcome to a very special episode of the Campbell's Footballs podcast, where I am joined by the person who is one of the many faces of the Scottish Football Forums podcast, John Bleasdale. John, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. You talk about faces. Fortunately, nobody can see any of us, so um, we'll keep it that way. I'm one of the better looking <laughs> ones, though. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic to have you on, John. And the reason I've brought John on the show is because we have a very unique guest for this episode of the show who has an affiliation to both Northern Irish football and Scottish football because she just basically made the move to join Glasgow City in the Scottish Women's Professional League. She has also been a phenomenal figure for Glentoran women in the Northern Irish Women's Football League. It is, of course, superstarlet Kerry Beattie. <laughs> Kerry, a warm welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me on. It's great to have you on. First of all, how are you settling into life in Scotland after making it over from Northern Ireland? Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a big move for me at such a young age. Um, you know, I wasn't, it, it all happened really, really fast. So I didn't really have much time to think about it. But since I've been here, I've been settling in really well. And obviously that comes with making new friends and meeting new people and then just performing well on the pitch. You nearly didn't um, make the move. You know what was the kind of reasons that you um, thought about um, not taking the move? Was it mainly family, or um, what was the main reasons that you um, stalled? Well, mainly, I suppose, actually, my education. Um, I've always sort of put that first, and I didn't know whether I was going to be able to have the opportunity to go to uni here or not. So that sort of swayed my decision when Laura then told me that I could. I mean, education is such an important aspect of a lot of young people's lives, isn't it? So you definitely got to think about that. But you also have to think about your, your family and your friends as well. It must have been a big opportunity for you and a lot of time to try and address these things. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was difficult to, to leave my family. You know, I'm such a homebird, but we all sort of just sat down and discussed it. But to be honest, it all happened within a week. So didn't have much time to really properly think it over. But just made the decision and said it's, it's too good an opportunity to, to not take. It certainly is. And you're joining a, a unique club in, in Glasgow City because um, unlike a lot of the women's clubs here, they aren't affiliated with a men's club. They are completely their own. They've also got a great history and they have a big history of winning. So um, you've certainly been th- um, thrown into quite an environment. How are you finding it so far? Yeah, I mean, I've been thrown into the, you know, we're, we're mid-season. We're at the business end of the season now and Obviously, it's it's very intense, but I mean, what better way to start, really? You know, and I'm excited for the end of the season and, and the important games that are coming up. But it's an amazing club to be a part of, especially with the history of the club. And it's the only, you know, sort of women's club where it's ran by women and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, and you're off to a good start so far. I've, I count um, that you've had five starts, four sub appearances, and seven goals so far. Um, and you started the last four games, and you got your first hat trick for the club last um, last week against uh, Aberdeen in a ten-one win. I wouldn't really want to cover that game, so I'm an Aberdeen fan. But <laughs> how did that feel? How did that feel for you getting um, you know getting on amongst the goals so early? Yeah, getting in amongst the goals, you know, helped me settle in a lot. Um, obviously. I think you have to sort of establish yourself when you when you join a new team. You sort of have to 
show that you, what you've got and you know to offer to the team so scoring goals definitely helped me to settle in and get my first hat trick um just off the back of international duty is, is just a wee bonus as well and and you're obviously working alongside Eileen Gleason, who is very much now involved within the Glasgow City setup. What's she given you in terms of nuggets of information, Kerry? Yeah, she's very knowledgeable. Um, I've sort of been coached by the same coaches since I was like twelve, so I've never had a different manager, and it's been a different experience, different tactics, you know, different ways of thinking, and it's definitely opened my mind up to a lot of things that I didn't know before, and. Obviously, Glasgow plays a much different system than my team does at home. So it's been a learning curve for sure. One of the main differences uh, with the setup you're now in at Glasgow City Women, although Glen Tour women are doing it this season, is this move from the, the part-time environment into the full-time environment. How has that been to adjust? And in terms of the teammates you've got involved with at Glasgow City, who's really helped you in that journey? Yeah, um, obviously, all my teammates have helped me in that journey, you know, at the end of the day we're all in together you know we all have to get up and and get at it and even when you don't want to do it you know we all do it for each other Uh, for me adjusting from you know sort of amateur to pro it's been it's been a big transition because I'm not used to training during the day and basically planning your days around training you know your day revolves around training and that's just something that I wasn't used to and what about your, your teammates? I mean, how have they been um, in terms of he- helping you settle in so quickly? Because obviously you're coming from uh, Northern Ireland over to Scotland. Yeah, I mean, having sort of the Irish guards, the Republic guards helped a lot. Initially, you know, had a lot to bond with them over. And then you just sort of grow and you speak to new people. You know, the Scottish guards have obviously got prey and all those sorts of guards. So I've made loads of new friends, which is, which is amazing. And how have you found the step up from... Um, uh, the Northern Irish League into SWPL. Um, do, have you found that a step up so far? So far, yes. Um, definitely, I think, in training as well, it's been a big step up. You know, playing with different players um, from different countries is, is giving me a real mix of, of playing with different styles of play and stuff like that. But I think physically, I would say it's much the same in, in the sense that all the players are very physical and and that, I just think maybe the quality is, is a bit better. It's such a competitive league, the Scottish Women's Professional League. And it's it's really interesting to see Glasgow City come up against some teams you would expect them to beat. But obviously, there's a lot of really good teams in the league as well. And, and Rangers have been the benchmark this season. And Celtic, obviously, who you've got as we're recording this this weekend, is going to be just as big a challenge. Yeah, big challenges, obviously. Celtic is a big game on Sunday, so it's full focus on that. But, you know, Rangers haven't lost a game this season. Uh, they drew, I think, just before Christmas, we drew 1-1 one, one with them. And that's the only time, sort of, they've had a hiccup. So they're a very tough team to beat at the minute. And, um, you know, it's, it's showing in their performances. You're still a very young girl, really kind of making your break in the game. And it's really great to see you have such a smile on the face and a, a real enthusiasm for the game. What made you want to get into it from a young age? What was your route into football at the beginning, Kerry? Just playing on the street, honestly. And then when I was about 11 or 12, my uncle um, is quite into football. So he sort of noticed I had a talent, whereas my daddy wasn't so much into football. So he didn't really see it. My uncle sort of said, you know, you need to get her to a team. And then from there, just I was actually quite late to join and I never played for a boys football team either. I've always played with girls 
which is something unique because most girls you talk to will tell you they played for a boys team. That's very interesting because Simone McGill said something like that when she was involved with Middlester uh, over in uh, Northern Ireland, which was a really interesting comparison. If you want to go and check out my chat with Simone, please go and do so once <laughs> you've listened to this chat with, with, with Kerry. Uh, when you were younger, Kerry, did you see yourself as a more defensive player or were you always going to be a centre-forward? I was always going to be an attacking player. I never really worked out that I was a striker, maybe until the past two or three seasons, um, but I was always in the front line thereabouts. Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of inspirations, idols, you, you talked about your uncle there being a, a really big sort of supporter of you in the, in the early stages. What about other players, you know, inspirations, family? Who really connected to uh, you early on? Well, obviously my mum and dad are my biggest inspirations, but in the game, I would say I look up to Alex Morgan. I always have. I just think she's a brilliant striker and that's someone that I've always looked up to. And then in terms of closer to home, you know, the likes of Simone McGill, you know, Rachel Furness, Julie Nelson, they've all got so many caps between them and, and they're excellent players. So to learn off them is, is such an opportunity for me. We'll come on to talk about that a little bit later on, but I want to go back to John because I'm sure he's really interested to learn more about how you got involved with the Glens. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, obviously... Um... John Glenn Um, how, how did that move come about in the first place? Uh, so I was actually playing for the Bob Doherty team, which is like the Northern Ireland underage team. And the coach was the Glentorn manager at the time. And I didn't get picked the first year and I was absolutely gutted and I just sort of wasn't getting anywhere. And I was like, I needed to make a big move. So I went to the Glens and just sort of tried to establish myself. And then I met all my best friends. And I feel like that's when I really came out of Michelle. Before that, I was a very quiet, reserved person. But, you know, my best friend, Amy Lee, sort of showed me the roots. And now I'm, you can't stop my mouth from talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's really good for, um, to hear. And obviously, um, I, could, I could just imagine, um, wait, as you were coming through um, the youth ranks, you know, um, did you, how, how good was the bond between you all? Me and my teammates? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got my bestest friends. I would say my two bestest friends have been uh, my two friends that I've grew up with at Glen Torn, and then they played with me at NI Underage, and one of them is actually playing with me now in the senior team, and we're roommates. So, you know, we're, we're stuck to each other's hips all the time, and it's amazing to be able to share those moments with your friends. You mentioned earlier on, Kerry, about the, the very early stages of not getting selected. As you're sort of developing and maturing and, and really improving your own game, do you kind of have to deal with those hits in a much more um, improved way and in a, in a, in a better manner? How difficult was it early on to not accept not being selected? It's difficult. And, you know, when you're young, you don't, you don't really understand why. You're, you always ask yourself, like, why did they not pick me? But now that I'm way bit older, you know, if I don't get selected for the starting 11 or I don't make the team, I will, there has to be a reason why. So there's more analysis as you get older, you start to understand and then you start to work on those parts of your game. Mm-hmm. Talk to me and John a, a little bit more about your sort of memories of your first match for Glen Torrin, the first sort of connections that you made with the club. What does Glen Torrin women mean to you in essence? I mean, Glens, they honestly, they mean everything to me and they're a club that will always be so close to my heart and I will go back to them for sure. Um, no doubt about that at some stage in my career. Um, 
but they're just a team that I would say my best friends, every single one of them play there and experience Champions League with them and so many good memories of so many trophies as well. We're a very successful team and they just they just made my years at younger age and now so amazing. And last season, obviously, um, everything came together for you. 23 goals and a title winning season. It doesn't get much better than that for you from a personal level. It doesn't. It definitely doesn't. And, and in terms of last season as well, Kerry, you guys had a, a tremendous battle with Cliftonville uh, for the title. In fact, I think it went down to the very last game, didn't it? It was a game live on the BBC Sport NI website. It was a tremendous advert for the women's game in Northern Ireland that it went down to that last game. Yeah, it was amazing. And obviously when you're in it, it's not the best feeling in the world when you have one game to sort of fix things. But um, it was in our hands and uh, we just had to go out and you know show what we could do. But the season before that, we'd won. And I think it was only a 10-game t- season because of Corona. And everyone said, oh, you know, Glen Tor and they never win the league. They always win the sprints, you know. But we really wanted to show everyone that we could win a league. And, and finally, we've done it. It was a superb advert for the women's game. Do you think, having looking back on the season, that the women's game has grown in Northern Ireland? Because not only are Glen Soren going well, you've got Cliftonville, you guys I think were in a final against Crusaders strikers, Sion Swifts were, were going well for a part of the season, and obviously Linfield ladies uh, have won silverware in the past under people like Ryan McConville. It's a league that is improving year on year, isn't it? 100%. I would say the standard's very high and it's a great league to be to be in for sure. I think, you know, the success of last season was a great advert and also just how well the Northern Ireland team have done. You know, there's so many girls now that want to take up with the local clubs. You know, they don't just want to play for the boys, they want to come and play for the girls, which just shows how far we've came. And, so, and one, oh, sorry, John, go on, you go. I was just going to say, you, you'd mentioned earlier, um, Katie, about coming through and, um, you know, pretty much a, women, a women's club rather than playing with the boys, whereas um, play, mm-hmm. players I've spoken to in the past, like Celia and Crichton, they've all played with like their brothers and um, with um, fellow boys in the street before they eventually found a women's team. So I think that tells you the generations about how much women's football overall is improving. It's good to see that's reached STEM um, Northern Ireland as well. Absolutely agree. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and one thing that really intrigues me is your teammates at Glen Torren, and obviously quite a lot of them now are moving on to professional contracts heading into the new season. Who really kind of helped you nurture yourself in that Glen Torren setup, Gary? Well, Gail Macklin, who is the manager, um, you know, really helped me throughout my years. I would say she definitely made me the player that I am today. Um, just taught me a lot about my game and how I can be more confident. Also, um, Russell, who is like the assistant coach, he sort of joined us last season. And honestly, I would say I scored as many goals as I did because of the things that he taught me. And obviously just my teammates, you know, it's a great environment and all the guards are really, really nice people. And that's that's what I love about it. You know, it's like a big family. We talked earlier on about winning silverware very early on and winning multiple silverware on a consistent basis. How important is that winning mentality ingrained from an early age on? Yeah, I mean, it's so important from a young age to have that winning mentality, you know, and I think it's something that I developed over the years. I went from, you know, a winning team to Glen Torn, who at the time when I joined them weren't really like tearing it up. They weren't the, the best team in the league. 
but they were definitely a developing team and, and that's I think what attracted me to the most that you know they weren't the the top dog yet but they were getting there and they were putting so much emphasis on the development of their younger players and then mm. all us younger players that have came up contributed to us obviously winning the silverware over the past few years the clean sweep last season and obviously uh, competitiveness in Europe as well. What was it like competing on the European stage? Because I think you girls had a tremendous battle with Servette of Switzerland. That must have been a fantastic experience. It was class, honestly. One of the best trips I've ever had. It was such a learning experience. Um, Champions League debuted and um, all that sort of stuff. But we competed so well with Servette, who's obviously a top class team and to get beat 1-0 like we were absolutely gutted um, because we felt we played our socks off and we deserved something more out of the game but to get that experience was obviously amazing for all of us And having that winning mentality that's obviously, how much has that helped you for adapting to a club like Glasgow City who are obviously, as we discussed before ingrained in the winning mentality since they were formed? Yeah, definitely I mean here at Glasgow they're a group of winners and you know, we don't like to lose. No one likes to lose. But um, coming from Glen Torn, who's a, a winning team, to another winning team here in Glasgow, I think I already sort of had that mentality. So the full focus now for the rest of the season is to try and do my best for Glasgow and um, hopefully win, win the league and win the cup. Yeah, you've certainly got a good opportunity. It's going to be um, a tough um, battle with the Rangers, as was discussed before, for the league um, and the cup. Well, Celtic's still in there, Hips are still in there so it'll certainly be interesting to see how you get on but um, in terms of uh, representing your country so you had eight caps in the under-17s team and you had one cap for the under-18 and 19s before you made the step up to the full squad how was um, the, how were those um, experiences with the underage teams? I really enjoyed um, sort of up till under-17s and then I would say my under-19 year was difficult. It was um, a learning curve year for sure. Um, I struggled a lot, you know, with game time. And I would say it built a lot of resilience in me. And then that's when I started performing well for Glen Torn. And then Kenny seen me. So he invited me to senior training. And once I started going to training with the seniors, sort of just took off. I was flying and just due to fitness and, and things like that. Yeah, I have to ask about Kenny Shields because he obviously managed in Scotland. Um, he did very well at Kilmarnock. Um, he's he's not a shy character, let's just say. What's he like with him with the uh, you girls? Yeah, he's a laugh. Like you know, some of his team talks are, <laughs> are are mad, but you know they work. You can see how much happier we are in the pitch, and you can see through our performances how positive we are. And he's instilled a lot of faith and a lot of trust in us. And Every time we go out in the pitch, you know, we're not worried. We just want to go and play and be free. And and that's, you know, what a good manager does. Is and he milder what... towards the referees? <laughs> what is, is it, it, sorry? Is he milder towards the referees than he was in Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he was like in Scotland, but I don't know if he's much better now. <laughs> <laughs> One thing you can't deny about Kenny, though, Kerry, is he's such a passionate character. And I love the way that when you guys beat Ukraine to get to this uh, European Championships, he was saying that Northern Ireland should have been in contention for team of the season or team of the year at Sports Personality of the Year. I thought he absolutely had a case. Yeah, 100%. Um, I agree with him on that one. I think what we did um, was incredible. Uh, honestly, it still hasn't really sort of 
hit us yet that we're going to the Euros, you know, to compete with these teams that, you know, people would say Northern Ireland shouldn't be competing with. But if you look at our results over the past few months, you know, we were beating Austria 2-1 at home. And then they scored in like the 90th minute and mm-hmm. things like that. You just don't expect from Northern Ireland, but he has just took us from there to there. Honestly, mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier on that you were influenced by people like Rachel Furness, Simone McGill, Julie Nelson. You're now getting the opportunity to play with those three girls and others, girls like Marissa Callahan. There's, there's so many others, Sarah McFadden, uh, Ashley Hutton. You must get so much knowledge from these girls. What What is it like just tapping into their knowledge? It's amazing. Obviously, being with Sarah Mack, I actually forgot to mention, like playing with her this past wee while has been amazing. Um, she doesn't really get enough credit for what she does because she's I a agree. centre-back, but some of the things that she does, it's like, how has she done that? And like people have said, you know, she went away, she had her baby. She's came back and she's, you know, she's better. She, she's incredible. Uh, but some of the things that Rachel and Simone do in training, I just try and pick up on. And I mean, Fernie just has such a super touch and her head, you know, she's she's got such a head, like a header on her. And um, yeah, they're incredible players to be around. And there just seems a real togetherness about this Northern Ireland women's team. There's no big egos. Everybody's in it. I mean, everybody talks about Rachel Furness being Northern Ireland's all-time record goal scorer, but she doesn't like to go overboard about it. She says it's a team game. It's all involvement with people like Simone, people like Marissa, people like yourself coming through. There's just even that perfect blend. It just seems like a, a perfect cup of tea. It's just absolutely superb to make. Yeah, I couldn't have described it any better. But yeah, Fernie's very humble about everything that she's done and she still works hard and, and wants to score more. And, you know, if she scores more, then it helps the team. So it's all a winner. Quite ironic, really, because I don't drink tea, but I thought I should fit that out. <laughs> Sorry, if it's milky to sugar, it's good. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about tea there. Yeah, so in terms of um, the, you mentioned Osha, um, that, it was a last-minute goal that stops you winning that game. And there's only one goal separating you and Austria for that second place behind England in the World Cup group. And you're going to have a bit of familiarity with them because you've got them in the Euros, as you have with England. You've got them again late in the uh, the year in the World Cup qualifiers. You'll probably um, you'll be like the main, the Scotland men's team are with Israel. You'll just be sick of the sight of them. <laughs> probably will be. By the time we get to the Euros, definitely be sick of the sight of them. But again, it's... It's good that we have them in the Euros because we'll know how to play against them, which is going to help us massively in the Euros. Obviously, we've got a very tough group with England and Norway in there. So uh, we'll just do what we can. But obviously, the full focus is on playing them here in April. And that's such an important match. And hopefully we qualify for another playoff. I wanted to ask you personally about one of the goals in that Austria game. Demi Vance's free kick. Is it one of the best strikes you've ever seen? It's definitely one of the best strikes I've ever seen. And it was just typical Demi. Like, she literally strolled up to it. Didn't look like she was going to hit it. Walked up to it, whacked it, and it went top corner. And she's just so casual-like. And it was it was genuinely amazing. I think Thomas Kane and Gail Redman were absolutely a disbelief when it sailed into the top corner. It was an absolutely superb strike. <laughs> and, and just talking about the group uh, there, as we've talked about there, you know, you obviously got England coming up. Uh, later next month at, at Windsor Park that's going to hopefully be at almost, if not full capacity. 
that's just another step forward for Northern Ireland's women on the big stage to play in front of the biggest arenas. Because let's be honest, up until this point, you know, Seaview was seen as the home for Northern Ireland's women at Crusaders FC's ground. Now you're playing at the National Stadium. It's incredible. It really is. I remember going to games maybe like three, four years ago with my dad and, you know, we went to Seaview and we weren't even selling out Seaview, which is, you know, a small stadium in comparison to Windsor. And now, you know, playing uh, England in April um, to sell out Windsor would be incredible. And it's it just, again, it shows how far we came as a team. Now, I wanted to ask you, obviously, about that playoff against Ukraine, because I've spoken to Simone and I've spoken to Rachel. Both were very much involved in that setup. And, and you've obviously come into that as of now. When you look back on those two legs, what was your emotions after both matches? Because the game out in Ukraine, I think everybody thought, wow, that's an incredible result to go out there and get a lead. But to then come into the second leg and just be in control of the game, the composure to see that game out and win convincingly, it's just sensational. Yeah, I mean, that's the only word to describe it. I was on the bench for both games and I just remember sitting, and you're almost worse sometimes sitting on the bench thinking, flip me, what's going to happen next? But uh, Rachel scored the first goal, Simone scored the second and a lot of things had kind of distracted us that day on the way to that game as well. It was like a two-hour bus journey and we were all sort of, you know, a wee bit leggy and everything was going wrong. Um, but we got there and we got the result. And then to come home and control the game like we did, like it's just a different Northern Ireland completely, like completely from what it was a year and a half ago. It's just absolutely sensational and it's just a phenomenal story. And obviously Rachel Furness has spoken to me about the celebration uh, with her leg in a cast, with her crutches. Did you try to encourage her to celebrate or was she just, you know, going full Aldi at it? <laughs> we were all egging her on saying you should run on there and throw your crutches up in the air if you witness. <laughs> but um, now nah, she's just, she's an amazing character, obviously, to have about. And yeah, just typical Rachel, to be honest. And in, terms of, and in terms of this World Cup qualifying campaign, as John's alluded to there, it was very tight with Austria. I mean, England are, you know, a quality side in their own right, but Northern Ireland have proven that on their day, they could give anybody a match. Yeah, for sure. I would be confident um, at the minute for us to take on any team. Not saying that we would beat every team, but I'm saying that we would definitely put up a fair fight for our challenge, whereas few years ago you would have been saying oh come on we'll play Northern Ireland and we friendly here because we'll definitely be guaranteed to beat them whereas I don't think any team in the world right now would be thinking come on we'll go for a wee dander here and beat Northern Ireland we're a tough team to beat we're so compact and we've got so much going forward as well I'm obviously an outsider compared to like Grant's got um, this knows Northern Irish football which I just can't compete with um, but, <laughs> um, so but I, I'm looking at um, your, your journeys um as a, as a group, as the non-Irish women team, similar to what Scotland went through years ago, and I, I read a very good book about it, and then we qualified for year 2017, then we qualified for World Cup. Did you girls take any inspiration from what Scotland achieved and thought, well, if they can do some, so can we? Well, I mean, I haven't been in the squad that long that I would know what the other girls are thinking. For me, I inspiration was the older girls in the squad, like Sarah McFadden, Julie Nelson, seeing how much they wanted it made me want it because, you know, they've played for so many years now, give up so much of their time 
and I knew that they wanted it so badly. So for me, I was fighting for them, you know, and, and I think that's that's the type of camaraderie that we have in the team. And you've got a nice little reward that, I mean, Grant was talking about um, the fact that you're going to be playing at um, the win, wins apart, but in the Euros, you're going to be playing at St Mary's, possible in front of like 15, 20,000, depending on how many tickets are sold. That, that'll just be a great buzz in itself, you know, playing in front of, um, in, in a big Premier League ground like that. Yeah, incredible. And we sort of had that experience playing um, England at Wembley um, as mm. well. And to come on the pitch, I mean, I couldn't even hear what the person beside me was saying because the stadium was so loud. And I've never experienced anything like that before in my life. It's fantastic to see. And of course, I forgot about that match at Wembley, which was absolutely fantastic. And in fact, I think Northern Ireland had a great chance to go 1-0 up in that game, which was uh, quite a fascinating match. I don't know who had the chance, but it was a, a tremendous effort. And, and you know, England, as I said on their day, very capable of beating the very best in the business. Yeah, I mean, we, we were 0-0 at half time, And then they brought on two subs and the two subs were the ones that killed the game. They're the mm. ones that scored the goals, which was disappointing for us. But the thing that we took away, which was positive, was the team that we prepared for was the team that we drew with. Yeah. And, you know, who, who's to know what we can do in the Euros? There is one other team in this group, and that is Norway, who, of course, you girls will know well as well, because I think Kenny's first match in the management job was against Norway. Um what is it going to be like playing them again? Because, you know, you've had a bit of experience of them before, but I argue that Northern Ireland are in a much more solid place now than they were when Kenny first came into the job. It certainly will be a very competitive match. Yeah, for sure. I think it will be a much closer and better game. Um, I remember actually going to watch that game at Seaview with my dad. I wasn't anywhere near the squad at that time. It was way at the start of the campaign. And uh, Kenny had just took charge. And, you know, we were playing out from the back. And mm. I said to my dad, I was like, what is this? Like, why are we not hoofing the ball? And we must have given away like four goals that game from playing out at the back. And everyone left saying, what's this man doing? And now when you look at how we play, everything comes from the back. And that was just building the foundations of the success that we then had. Yeah, it's just fantastic. And one of the great things as well about the Northern Ireland girls is the superstitions that you girls have, particularly <laughs> the coffee shots that I think you girls have. And Simone was talking to me about this. And I, I just think it's a fantastic little rhetoric that you girls have. Is that something that you're very much on board with as well? I think all the team and coaches are very much involved with that, aren't they? Yeah, well, I'm quite a superstitious person as well. And I was never... I came into the squad and coffee clubs are already sort of established. So I said, like, if we're winning games and I'm not in coffee club, then I'll just I'll just stay out of it. So I don't take the shot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a good safe move. So, so far you've had six caps and then you got your first goal in the 9-0 victory over Macedonia. How did that feel just um, getting that monkey off your back, per se, to get that first Northern Irish goal? Yeah, that was perfect um, way to word it. Just like, such relief you know it was I made my debut in June and he'd been giving me so many opportunities to come on and when I came on I was doing well but I just never really had that clear-cut opportunity where you were like I'm going to score here and I was just so glad to get it in front of my family and in a you know in a full stadium yeah such a special moment when you do get 
your your first goal uh, for your country. And what I really love as well is, you know, the, the sort of dynamics that are happening within the Northern Irish uh, women's team. So I've got to ask you a few short questions and you could maybe throw some of your teammates under the bus, whatever you want to, to do with that. <laughs> who, who is the worst trainer within the international setup? He's probably me, to be honest. <laughs> I actually really don't train that well. And I'm not even like saving anyone from embarrassment. Probably me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's a few, there's a few messers, but um, yeah, we all, I would say we're a good training, but probably me. And, and, and in terms of, you know, banter, enthusiasm, being a little bit of a, you know, sneaky person in the, in the dressing room, who, who is quite high up that list? Definitely Tony Lee Finnegan is a messer. Uh, Caitlin McGuinness is also a messer. Uh, I would say us young ones are messers, to be fair. You make a great point about the McGuinnesses because they're just coming into the setup as well. I mean, you mentioned Kale there. Kirsty is very good as well. And it, it's good to see people your age and in similar clubs very much making the break at the same time. Yeah, and we're all, you know all the same age, all quite similar stage of our career, which is amazing that we're all making that break at the same time. And in terms of shoeing practice, who is the one person that clears the stand of a stadium when you're practicing? <laughs> oh, uh, Julie Andrews. <laughs> she, she can't get her foot over the ball. <laughs> so if we see one flying in the top corner at the Euros, it'll be like, oh or, my word. Or Dino. You know, you should watch her penalty for Glen Torn. It's still, still, still somewhere rises, up there yeah. in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I wanted to ask you, and I forgot to ask this about the, the Glen Torn setup earlier on. Obviously, the men have been going really well this season, and in the past have slowly but surely been going well as well. Did you girls and and the men's team? Did, was there a lot of interactions between both both teams? Was there lots of passing of words of advice and encouragement? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the men are doing really well now this season and obviously we had done well. We just sort of finished our season um, and we all sort of we shared the gym, um, which is the first time we've sort of done that. Uh, the Oval got a new gym and while the men were in there, we would be in there too. So it was very interactive and it's something that we probably weren't used to before. Did you have any interactions with Mick McDermott? <laughs> Actually, funny story. Me and my best friend Julie went into uh, this place uh, it's like a restaurant and Mick was there with the coaching staff and he left and we got up to pay and they were like, oh, Mick's already paid for it. Oh, so, top, top guy, top yeah, guy. He's a, he's a top man, yeah. Yeah, top guy. Uh, it's been such a really interesting story of yours so far, Kerry, and, and I really think that there's so much to come from this. Uh, John, it's been great to have you on as well. We're very much coming to the end of our discussion What's the aspirations for yourself on the domestic scene going forward, but also internationally as well? For me right now, it's just about getting minutes because the more minutes that I get, then the more um, Kenny's going to trust that, you know, say Simone obviously is our number one striker at the minute. She's in her prime, which I love learning off her. But, you know, if I want to be making squads and getting on and even pushing for a starting place, I need to make sure that I'm getting minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and you'll be learning um, a good bit from um, a striker like Priscilla Chinchilla in Glasgow City, who is just phenomenal at that level. And Fulu Tudulu as well. Yeah. She's very good too. Yeah, they're both they're both excellent players. I'm actually around at Pre's now. We're having a good chat. And um, 
she's she's been excellent since I came here, you know, helping me to settle and, and Odie as well has been has been incredible. Last question to you, Kerry. What's your emotions going to be like when Northern Ireland women step out onto that pitch for the very first game this summer? I don't think it's going to hit me until the moment that I hear the crowd and we're in this, you know, the change rooms. I can't, like, I can't comprehend it. Like, it's just incredible. And to think what we've achieved over the past year, it's been amazing. And I can't, even beyond the Euros, I can't wait for what's to come for us younger players as well. Now so, let's yeah, hope, I'm excited. And let's hope that this is not just a one-off. Let's see you girls at World Cup qualification, you know, getting through that, getting to future Euros as well. It would just be absolutely fantastic. John, it's been great to have you on as well, my good man. Uh, thanks very much for inviting Kerry. All the best in the Euros. I'm just sad that Scotland can join you this time, but hopefully come <laughs> World Cup 2023, both Scotland and Northern Ireland will be there in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Thank you no, very much for having me. No, absolutely. Kerry, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. All the very best to you between now and the end of the season and also the build-up to the Euros this summer. And thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. What a dangerous night.